You know, I love what Pastor Selena was saying. She's saying, you don't have to worry about your needs. And you don't have to worry about your desires. And that's so true. Because the Bible says, if we'll just seek first the kingdom of God, He'll add these things unto us. If we seek His kingdom first, His way of doing things, and we live right before the Lord, all our needs will naturally be provided. Right? And then the Bible says in the book of Psalms, that if you delight yourself in the Lord, He'll give you the desires of your heart. So a lot of the things you desire that you're running after, if you'll just spend time delighting yourself in the Lord and His presence and seeking Him and serving Him, He'll give you those things. So you don't have to run after stuff. Just live right, love the Lord with all your heart, and everything just gets given to you. Look at the person next to you. Tell him you don't have to worry about nothing. Just seek him. Delight yourself in him. And everything else will be provided. I mean, talk about the goodness of God. That takes the stress off. Amen. If you want to, we're in a season of divine increase. Look at somebody and say divine increase. On every side. Say every side. Find someone else, tell them, every side. Extended side. (laughs) The front, the back, the top, the length, the breadth, the height, the depth, on every side. Right? And if it's divine increase, then it's supernatural increase. It's by the hand of God, not by your hand. So you're not trusting in your wisdom, your ability. You're trusting in the Lord to do it. And there is an anointing and there's a grace for increase. The glory, when you come into the glory and the presence of God, it's always increase. If you live with God, there will only be increase in your life. And so what we're doing is we're teaching you how to get out of the flesh, not, no longer sowing into the flesh because that brings destruction. That's how the enemy steals from you. But it's more than just saying no to, to living in the flesh. You have to press in to sow into the Spirit. So Pastor Selena is talking about in the measure that you sow financially into the realm of the Spirit, into the things of the Spirit, you'll reap good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. But if you take your time and sow it into the Spirit, you'll find that God does something with your time where He accelerates things and things get done quicker. Everybody with me? Bible says God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he reaps. And so if you sow into the Spirit, you'll reap life and life everlasting. And so we have to spend more time sowing into the things of the Spirit, and increase will naturally happen in your life. Everybody with me? So we're in this season of divine increase, and you can go back on our YouTube channel, Pure Church YouTube channel, and you can watch... Six months of us talking about this every single week. Last week, I, took, I, 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 I released a deposit of faith in this place to every person who was here for financial increase. That you can excel in the ministry of giving. If you weren't here last week, and even if you were here last week, I listened to that thing twice this week, and I preached it, and I prepared for it. Right? And so I want to encourage you, don't just show up here on Sunday morning and listen to it one time. The stuff I'm talking about, you need to meditate in, like my wife was saying, day and night. And observing to do all that is written therein. You need to hear the Word and hear the Word and hear the words so that it can build the faith in you to believe God for that increase. Otherwise, you, st- you start with the Word, you believe it's available, but you get in the flesh to try and make it happen. And you try to get ahead of God. You try to do it in your own power, and it's not going to work for you. You have to learn to yield to the Spirit, press into the things of the Spirit, sow into the Spirit, and God will provide the increase. Everybody with me? And so in worship today, two things really quickly. Isaiah 59, 19 says, When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord... I'll say it again. The Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against it. And I'm telling you now, I'm prophesying to you. June, July, and August 
we're going to see the Spirit of God raise up a standard against everything that the enemy is doing. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2.8 that had the principalities and powers understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If they knew what they were doing, they wouldn't have done it. But they were dummies. They had no clue what they were doing. And I'm just here to tell you, in the United States of America, God is allowing people to do certain things to expose the depths of corruption. And things are coming to the surface in ways we've never seen before. Stuff that has been lingering behind the scenes is now out front for everybody to see. And I'm here to tell you, God is bringing it to the surface so that He can cleanse this thing. I'm telling you right now, it is not over. The enemy has not won. It is not the end of the church. It is not the end of the world. The financial system is not crashing. There is divine increase for the body of Christ. There's an advancement of the kingdom of God. And God's church is not dead. It is alive. And the Spirit of God in His body is being raised up as a standard against what the enemy is doing. And the party is just about to begin. Because there is nothing that can defeat the Spirit of Almighty God. There is no power in hell. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And until the church is raptured out of here, the Holy Ghost taken out of this earth, the church has authority and there is nothing the devil can do. Can you get an amen? So I don't care what the world is going through. In the kingdom, it'll get brighter and brighter and stronger. And you don't have to worry about it, baby. He's going to do the work on the inside of you. Look at somebody and say, the work he started, he's going to finish it. He said he's coming back for a bride without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. You're going to be pure and holy and ready for his return. Do it, Jesus. Whoop the church in a shake, Lord. It's his body. It's his bride. He's going to do the work. I'm so confident that God is going to... You know what I'm saying. That's right. Those of you in the spirit know what I'm talking about. Those of you who are brand new think I'm crazy. Go watch Night at the Museum and you'll be all right. All right, open your Bible to 3 John 2. You got to have fun. 3 John, not John 3. 3 John 2. I love my wife. She's so epic. Big round of applause right there, everybody. Thank you, thank you. Because what she's preaching this morning just lines, she set you up. She in the spirit. So 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things, say all things, that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Look at somebody and say, it's God's will above all things that you prosper. Say that I prosper and be in health. But it's according to my soul prospering. So what are you meditating on? What is the meditation of your heart? Your soul has to prosper before you experience divine increase. Before you experience divine health. And so we're going to press into that today. We're in a season of divine increase. And I'm believing that your relationships are going to go to another level with your spouse and with your children. I believe your family and your friends, your relationships are going to get purer and closer. I believe that your finances are going to increase. Your savings is going to increase. Your debt is going to decrease. Can we get an amen? Your possessions will increase. It's coming. I believe that your business, if you own a business, your business is going to break new boundaries and new barriers. 
You're going to tap into new customer supplies, create new products. You're going to hire more people. Your business is going to go to another level in this season. I believe that your health, oh, everybody say health. Say my physical body is going to get healthy. It's going to get strong. I'm going to experience divine supernatural health. Can we get an amen? That means your body isn't going to hurt. That means you're, you're not going to be weak. That means your body's going to be able to do, uh, it's going to have the strength to be able to do the thing that God has called you to do and finish. And so it's coming on every side. We're going to see the blessing of God, the inheritance on every side. You're going to be blessed coming in. You're going to be blessed going out. Everything you set your hand to is going to prosper. Everywhere you go, you're going to have victory. The favor of God is going to make a way for you where there seems to be no way. You're going to see mountains move. You're going to see Red Seas split. You're going to see the impossible become possible. You're going to see the promises of God begin to break forth in your life. That's the season we're in. We're going to be blessed in the spirit. We're going to be blessed in the soul. We're going to be blessed in the body. We're going to be blessed in the bank account. We're going to be blessed on every side. Say, that's mine. It belongs to me. But it's all according to your soul prospering. Say, it's according to your soul prospering. Put your hand on your heart. Say, Lord, help me with my soul. Jesus, lover of my soul. I'm just having chill out. Don't come on past me. There it is. There it is, girls. Bring it. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Say my soul prospers. So what you think is going to, your thinking is going to prosper. What you believe, you're going you're to have prospering in your belief system. What you feel, you're going to have new feelings. Say good feelings. No more depression. No more pain. No more anger, no more bitterness, no more jealousy. Those feelings are going away. You're going to have love, joy, peace, patience, kind. You're going to feel that. You're going to feel the goodness of God. You're going to feel it. Say, I'm going to feel it. Feel it in my bones. I'm going to, you're going to feel in your physical body the goodness and the blessing of God. Yeah, I feel that. In your knowing, you're going to have a clarity in your knowing what God has for you in your soul. You're not going to doubt and wonder if this is for you anymore. There's no longer going to be double-mindedness. No, it's going to be solid on God and knowing, and, and it's going to be a firm foundation in faith, what you're believing God for. Say, my soul's prospering. What you imagine, no longer going to be imagining all the devil's pictures of destruction. You're going to start seeing on your imagination all the things that God has prepared for you. He's going to let all his goodness pass before you, and you're going to see it in your mind's eye through the eye of faith. Say, so my imagination is going to prosper. And it says, then out of the abundance of the heart. Are you with me? You see, when your mind is prospering, your thoughts are pure. When your imagination is seeing the things God is saying. When your feelings, and it's, it's, it's the fruits of the Spirit on the inside of you. Out, and with the meditation of your heart is on God and His goodness and His blessing and the inheritance that you have in the saints. And what His Word says, you are in a firm foundation in God, in Christ, in His Word. And out of the abundance of the heart, you begin to speak. You begin to create a way where there is no way. You begin to call things out of darkness into light. From the invisible realm to the visible realm. You are created in the image and the likeness of God. And when you are filled with faith and you are centered in Christ, you have the ability to do what God does. You have the ability to frame the world with your words. The world you will live in. Your reality is framed with your words. And when you frame it with your words, you walk into it. Look at the person next to you. Say, there's a work to do to step into divine increase. 
My soul has to prosper in your thinking, in your memory, in your imagination, in the meditation of your heart. And out of the abundance of the heart, you begin to create with your mouth. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and you begin to speak things into existence. And the angels of God hearken unto the voice of the Lord, because they are servants sent to minister to the heirs of salvation. Say, that's me. Yes, God. I feel that one. I thank you that you're assigning additional angels to people in this house, God. I thank you, Lord. New assignments are coming. New angelic assistance is coming. And I thank you, Lord, for increase in that round too. In Jesus' mighty name. Can you say amen? amen. Hebrews 11.3 says, By faith we understand that the worlds, the spirit world and the natural world, were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. And so we're going to start framing things with our words. We're no longer going to agree with the enemy and bring the power of agreement to believe that the devil is going to have his way in our life. We're going to stop speaking the curse. We're going to stop speaking destruction. We're going to stop speaking death. And we're going to start speaking life. But as my wife was saying, it doesn't start until you get the meditation of your heart fixed. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so it does you no good to tell your kids not to say that. It does you no good to tell your spouse, don't speak that way. You have to change the sound that's in them before the sound out of them changes. You only resound what's already in you. And the Lord is going to shift you today. I'm telling you right now. There's going to be a shift on the inside of you. You're no longer going to tap into that dirty, muddy stream. You're no longer going to pull out of that realm of the enemy, out of darkness. You're going to start drawing out of the spirit of life. And there's coming a new sound in you today. There's coming a new sound out of you today. And you're going to see the whole direction of your life begin to change over the next three months. I prophesy it in Jesus' name. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 says that you must guard your heart with all diligence. For from it flows the springs of life. And so we got to make, we got to take responsibility for our soul. You have to watch what goes into the eyes. You have to watch what goes into the ears. You have to watch what you hang around. You got to watch the sound, the environment that you're in. And you got to make sure that you don't let the world, the sound of the world and the spirit of the world get into your heart. Look at somebody and tell them it's not the water outside the boat that sinks the ship. It's the water that gets inside the boat. So you can, be, you can be sailing on the ocean. You can be in the world and just cruising, no problem. But if you let the world get into you, you're going to sink. You're going down. Are you with me? We're not, we're not called to be out of this world. We live in this world, but we're not of this world. That means what's in us is the kingdom of God. We've got another sound. We've got other information. We've got the word of God and the spirit of God alive on the inside of us. And we've got to protect that. Say, I've got to protect the anointing, the presence of God on my life. You are the temple of God. And you have to protect that anointing. You can't be engaging with stuff that's going to put holes in you for the presence of God to leak out. You need to stay filled with the presence, and you've got to protect that with all your heart. Are you with me? So don't let the enemy come in there and mess around. You've got to put your guard up. And when, <laughs> You know what's cool? I love that. That's great, Lord. So God has got cherubim with flaming swords guarding the way into the presence. 
And you need to set up some flaming swords in your life that if anything tries to cross that boundary line, you're going to take it out. Can I get an amen? A flaming sword is a word of fire in your mouth that you speak against the enemy. You cannot be silent when the enemy is trying to bombard you with thoughts and trying to penetrate that wall to take residence in the heart. That's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to press his way into your thinking. He wants to press his way into your imagination. He wants to press his way into your feelings. He wants to press his way into your soul. He wants to have things planted in your memory from the past. He doesn't want you to see your future. No, he wants to keep you trapped in his words, in his will, and put his stuff on you to depress you and to squeeze the life out of you. And you got to make a decision. I am guarding my heart with all diligence. Any sound that is not of God will not penetrate me, and I will not be silent. I'm going to speak to it as Jesus spoke to the enemy in, in the wilderness. I'm going to speak the word with authority. Say, my words have authority over my thoughts. Say it again. Say, my words have authority over my thoughts. So if you're just going to sit there and let that stuff run around your mind, it'll grow. But the minute you open your mouth and say, no, I take that thought captive and I don't let it become a stronghold in my mind, and I put it under my feet because that's where it belongs. Because I am in Christ, seated at the right hand of the Father, with all authority and power, above everything. So no, nothing is coming through that fire line to take residence in the seat of the Spirit. Because the enemy wants to rule and reign through you. But we got to decide to allow the Holy Ghost to rule and reign through us. So I'm going to guard my heart. And I'm going to use my mouth to protect my heart. So if we're going to change, the Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Say, as I think, so am I. So in one moment, I can think I'm wealthy, and the next moment, I can think I'm broke. That's called in, unstable in all your ways. And so you have to take control over the thoughts running through your mind. Because your thoughts create your feelings. So the thing you focus on, you'll begin to feel. So if I think my, my wife doesn't love me, or my wife's angry with me, What's, what's, what am I going to start feeling? I'm going to start feeling rejected. I'm going to start feeling alone. And so you have to watch what goes through your mind. That's why you have to fix your thoughts on what God says. That's why you've got to have some scriptures. Look at the person next to you. Tell them you've got to have some word, baby. If you don't have a word that you're standing on, you are on shaky ground. Because you are being moved by the opinions of people and the thoughts that randomly fly through your head. Who has crazy random thoughts go through their heads at times? Just randomly some weird, crazy thought go through your mind. Well, if you don't take authority over that thing, it's going to land and start building a little nest in there. And when that thing takes residence, it's going to start producing things in you that you do not want. It'll produce fear, it'll produce anxiety, it'll create stress, it'll create worry. It'll start doing stuff in your soul that's going to mess with your body, mess with your words, and it'll affect everything in your life. Because when your attitude is wrong and your sound is wrong, you just irritate everybody else. I'm feeling it right now. I feel some bunjandulu bulu kululu I think that was Zulu. Made up Zulu words. The Bible says that God wants you to prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. Genesis 2 7. It says, and the Lord God formed man. Say formed man. From the dust of the ground. And he breathed the breath of life into man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. 
Touch the person next to you and tell them God formed man's physical body from the dust of the ground. God made your body. Your body is important to God. Touch somebody next to you and tell them your body is valuable to God. It's important to God. It's part of God's creation. God gave you that body. Why did you get a body? He said he formed it in your mother's womb. He put it together. But before you were being put together, that he has a, God has a factory for human bodies to be made. And he put your body together. Because he had a plan that he wanted to do through that body in the earth. And so God needs your body to be working properly. Because if your spirit is not in your body, then you're out of here. And then you have no ability to bring God's will to the earth. You will not fulfill God's call, plan, and destiny for your life if your body's out of order. Can we get an amen? Say, God cares about my body. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20 says, Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, and so you must honor God with your body. You say, what are you talking about today, pastor? Where where, where are you going with this? What is your agenda? My agenda is that sickness and disease is from the devil. It's from the curse. And we're going to see divine increase in your health and strength in the next three months. Say, can we get an amen? Amen. Say, but we're not going to get stronger. We're not going to get healthier unless our soul prospers. That means there has to be some change in the way we think about our bodies. And God wants to do a work in our bodies. And I believe we're going to see some healings and some miracles break out in the next three months. Can I get an amen? Some of the stuff the devil has been tormenting your body with, we're going to see God do a miracle. Can I get an amen? You say, Pastor, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know either. I was having this conversation with the Lord yesterday. I'm saying, Lord, where are the healings? My wife and I, were having a conversation. We don't want fake healings. We don't want fake miracles. We don't want pretend ones. We want to have some of those healings and miracles from the days of Jesus. When he walked the streets and he says, blind eyes open and they open. He says, get up and walk and you walk. Can I get an amen? He says, get up, little girl, and she gets up. Fever leaves her, whatever. Bleeding stops. Can I get an amen? We want to see some supernatural, miraculous move of God, divine increase in our body, breaking the curse off us. Do you know that in the book of Corinthians, the Bible says, let love be your highest goal, but eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Some of those gifts include the working of miracles and healings. Can I get an amen? So we're going to start using our faith to believe God for the miraculous to begin to break out in people's bodies so that we can fulfill the assignment that we have and no longer being held back by issues in the flesh. Can I get an amen? I'm having a drink. Woo-wee. Say, it's going to be good. When I say I'm having a drink, for those of you who don't understand what I'm talking about, Jesus said, anyone who is thirsty may come to me and drink. And what he was talking about was drinking of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Ghost flows. So you can just, the Holy Ghost can get on your brain and you can get inebriated. Some of you need to have some of that. Some of you have been drunk on the world. Some of you have been drunk on your problems. Some of you have been drunk on all kinds of stuff. It's time for you to get drunk with the Holy Ghost. It's good. I'll tell you, I was having a shot right there. It's like brain freeze sometimes. <laughs> Woo. And when you have a shot of that, it's pure, baby. I'm telling you right now. You start to giggle. You get this little grin on your face. Because it's joy from the presence of God. 
Amen. And we can see depression on your face. That comes from the devil. I want to see some joy in pure church. Amen. I want to see the light shining through your eyes. I want to see smiles on your faces. This should be the happiest place on the planet. Amen. So we're going to drink of the presence of the Lord because in his presence is fullness of joy. We're not going to be sucking on grapes, sour grapes and lemons, the devil's plan. No, we're going, to, we're going to be enjoying the good things of heaven. Amen? Yeah, I feel mindset snapping in here today. I feel things breaking by the anointing. Things are being broken off your mind today. And it's not even by you trying. It's the Holy Ghost setting the captive free. Stuff that you've been carrying deep down that you didn't even know was there. You thought you dealt with that stuff. But somewhere deep in there, it's still lingering. And the Lord's going to clear that out of you today. In the name of Jesus. Romans 6.13. Oh, touch the person next to you. Say, you're going to be all right. Say, this is going to be a little rough on you today. But your body needs to take a little beating. Amen. You need to get a spinal adjustment and some chiropractic and some shingly bungalows. All right. Romans 6.13. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, say instead, give yourselves completely to God. Say, I've got to give my body completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Romans 12, 1 through 3. says, And dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, I beg you, to give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. Let them be a living, say living, and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Some of you want to know what worship looks like. Well, here we go. This is what worship looks like. Do not copy. Say, do not copy. The behavior and the customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So God's got to work in our soul to change our thinking. So that we understand what the purpose of this body is for. It's not to serve sin. It's to be used for the glory of God. For the good works that He has prepared for us. He says, then you will learn to know God's will for you. Which is good and pleasing and perfect. 2 Timothy 2, 20 through 22. In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver, and some are made of wood and clay. Expensive utensils are used for special occasions. Anybody want to have a special purpose? Be used by God for something special? The cheap ones are used for everyday use. If you, look at somebody and tell them, if you... Keep yourself pure. You will be a special utensil for honorable use. Oh, look at somebody and tell them, you have a responsibility to keep your temple pure. You know, if you don't clean your house, man, if you have three kids and you have, you know, jobs like everyone else and, you know, you got just all the responsibilities of life. You don't clean your house for a week. You don't pick up. You don't do the dishes you cook, but you don't clean. You do laundry piles up. If you don't take care of your house before you know it, you do that for a month, Lord have mercy. You don't, you don't clean the toilet. You don't clean the shower. You've got mold growing everywhere. You don't wash your clothing. You just keep wearing the same clothing every day. And so we have a responsibility to keep the temple clean. You've got to keep your mind clean. You've got to keep your emotions clean. You've got to keep your imagination clean. You've got to do some daily touch-ups 
at the end of every day so that it's not this huge thing once a month that you have to endure and go through. And your work environment is better when your surroundings are in order. You feel like you can function. You can get more stuff done. And it's the same thing with your soul. If you let clutter get in there and junk get in there, and you're not managing your thoughts and your emotions, and you're not dealing with that stuff on the inside of you, the things people say, the things the media says, the struggles, the circumstances, the issues. If you don't keep those things in check and understand where you're positioned and who you are and the authority you have, then that stuff is going to start encroaching on your belief system and the things that your life will produce. So I'm going to keep my body pure. I'm going to keep my heart clean. See, because if you're constantly in the presence of the Lord and you're not letting things come between you and the Lord, because it's sin that separates you, then you'll be live streaming heaven. You'll know exactly what God wants you to do, when He wants you to do it, how He wants you to do it. Right? There's no separation between you and the Lord where you're having to repent of your sins before you can feel like you can talk to God. No, you're in the Spirit. You're staying in the Spirit. You're staying in the presence of God. Your mind is set on the things of God. And you're not letting the enemy come and separate you from the Lord. So God can use you. Your life will be clean. And you will be ready for the Master to use you for every good work. Run. Everybody say run. From anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, say instead. So God, God says run from things. I'm not afraid of the big bad wolf. Run. Run from certain things. Foolishness. You've got to run away from that stuff. You don't want to come around foolishness. Let me tell you something. You don't want to hang around people that all they do is talk trash all day. You don't want to put yourself in a company of people and start agreeing with the trash talkers, the gossipers, the backbiters, the haters of God. You can speak into that environment, but don't take residence in that environment. It's in Him we live and move and have our being. And you want to hang around people that believe that and live that and are pursuing that. Can we get an amen? So you've got to run away from those things. Don't let them influence you. It says run from anything that stimulates you for lust. Instead, do something else. It's not just enough to get away from that stuff. you got to do something else. you just be running like Forrest the rest of your life. I'm just running from everything, Lord. No, instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. And enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. It says hang around people who call on the Lord with a pure heart. People who love God. People who are serving God. People who are about their father's business. Don't be hanging around just anybody. Choose your company wisely. Choose who you give your time to. Choose who you allow to speak into your life. Yeah, I see some snips happen. See some relationships getting cut. Cut them, Jesus. Yeah, I get that, Lord. I get it. It's hard to walk away. But the Lord says, don't worry, I'll take them away. Go ahead, Lord. Do it. So we have to give our bodies to God. We have to surrender. Everybody say surrender. Nothing happens until you surrender. You have to surrender your body to God. You have to give your body to God. You have to surrender your hands. So you're not going to touch things you're not supposed to touch. You're going to surrender your feet. That means you're not going to let your feet take you to places you're not supposed to go. Instead, how beautiful are the feet who bring the good news? Are you with me? So you walk away from certain things, but you walk into the things of God. We're going to surrender our hands. We're going to surrender our feet. We're going to surrender our eyes. That means I'm not going to let my eyes meditate on things, look at things continually. Do you know that in the Bible where it talks about Jacob, the Lord gave him a strategy on how to become wealthy. 
because he was with his uncle Laban who had cheated him quite a bit and he was tired of being cheated. So the Lord gives him a strategy. Laban told him, listen, any speckled sheep and goats, those are yours. And the ones that are without speckle are mine. And Laban had a huge uh, flock because Jacob had helped him. And so what happened was Jacob got this bright idea to put these speckled branches in front of the troughs where the uh, sheep would come and drink water and they would mate at the trough. And because they had this in front of their eyes, they gave birth to speckled striped animals. So the thing that you keep before your eyes, you will give birth to. Are you with me? So what are you setting before your eyes? What are you looking at? Do you have scriptures up everywhere? Are you meditating on the word of God, on the promises of God? Or are you allowing other things to influence what goes into your eyes? Because what you look at, you will produce. We're going to surrender our mouth. Say, I'm going to surrender my hands. I'm going to surrender my feet. I'm going to surrender my eyes. I'm going to surrender my ears. I'm going to surrender my mouth. So that means I'm not going to speak trash. I'm going to speak life. And we have to separate the body from doing sin. We have to cleanse ourselves, run away from youthful lusts. We have to position ourselves and be ready to be used for the Lord's work so that His will can be done in the earth. See, God can only do it through your body. Ephesians 2, 2 through 3 says, You used to live in sin. Is this true? Just like the rest of the world obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. Let me make that very clear. Ephesians chapter 2, 2 and 3, you can put it up there. The Bible says that if you are rebelling against doing the will of God, there is a spirit in you. It's called the spirit of the world. And that spirit is ruled by Satan himself. He's the, he's the ruler over that spirit that is an antichrist spirit that stands against you using your body to do the will of God. Look at somebody and say, if you have issues surrendering your body to do the will of God, it's because there's a spirit, the spirit of the world that has influenced your thinking and you're doing things the world's way, following the customs and the patterns of the world's system. But the Lord is going to break that out of you today. I'm telling you right now, every issue that you've had with your body submitting to God is going to be broken today. We're going to the roots of this thing. We're going to go right to the spirit of the world that has influenced your mind. And we're going to have the Holy Ghost come on the inside of there and kick that strong man out. Can we get an amen? And he is going to break you free on the inside. This is not something you can do from the outside. This is something the Holy Ghost has to do to unblock the well that the enemy has shut closed on the inside of you. Mm-mm-mm. Some of you are like, ah. What's he talking about? It's coming. Your breakthrough is here today. It says, all of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger just like everyone else. The Amplified says this, in which at one time you walked habitually, that means on the reg, you were following the course and fashion of this world, You were under the sway and the tendency of this present age, following the prince of the power of the air. You were obedient to and under the control of the demon spirit that still constantly works in the sons of disobedience. They are careless, rebellious, and unbelieving who go against the purposes of God. Among these, we as well as you once lived and conducted ourselves in the passions of our flesh. Our behavior governed by our corrupt and sensual nature, obeying the impulses of the flesh and the thoughts of the mind, our cravings dedicated to our senses and our dark imaginings. We were then by nature children of God's wrath and heirs of His indignation like the rest of mankind. 
1 John 2, 15 through 16. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the, world, the love of the Father is not in him. Can you see this? You either love the world or you love the Father. You're either loving the things of this world or you're loving the things of God. You can't, your, your, your love cannot be separated in two places. You love one and you hate the other or you love, or you hate one and you love the other. Are you with me? You can't be in two places at one time. It says, for all that is in the world. What is in the world? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It is not of the Father, but it is of the world. And the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Go to Romans 1. I'm just laying this foundation in you today. I'm clearly going through these scriptures so that you can see where, what your body is intended for and what is causing your body to do things that it shouldn't be doing. And we're going to go to the roots of this thing and deal with it. And we're going to break it by the anointing. And Jesus is going to set you free in ways today you've never been free before. You're going to flow in a whole new realm of walking with the Lord if you want to be free. Can I get an amen? And so today we're going to dedicate our temples to God. And when we make Jesus the landlord, oh boy, he takes care of the property. Romans chapter 1, because it's his body. He made this body for his glory. And so where the enemy is trying to bring destruction, Jesus wants to break that thing's ability to destroy your physical body because God loves your temple. Romans, look at the person next to you say, it's going to get a little rough, but it's going to be all right. Romans chapter 1 verse 18. God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Look at somebody and tell them there are no excuses. You're not going to stand before God on judgment day and you're going to have some excuses. There's nobody that's going to have an excuse. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Say seduced, deceived, and confused. Say there's seducing, deceiving, spirits of confusion. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned. Look at the person next to you. Say, there's a moment in your life, if you keep going the wrong way, that God will let you go. God's not going to strive with you. God's not going to keep calling you. He's not going to send people your way anymore. There comes a point of no return where you make the decision, I'm searing my heart, I'm not loving God, I'm not serving God, I don't believe in God, I'm going my own way. You step into foolishness, you're deceived, you're confused, and then all kinds of corruption begin to break out of your life. Can I get an amen? So God abandoned them. He let them do. Because God's not going to override your will. God has given you free choice. He's given you a will, and you have to decide if you're going to serve Him or not. That wouldn't be real love if I made you love me. Love is supposed to come from your heart as a free thing that you give. And He says, so God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. See what happens when you don't have God in your life? Your body's going to start doing things that it should not be doing. They traded the truth about God for a lie. 
So they worshipped and served the things God created instead of the Creator Himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. This is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even women turned against the natural way of having sex and instead indulged with sex with each other. And men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men, and as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. And since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, He abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, greed, sin, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning. They invent, they come up with some crazy brand new way of sinning in their bodies. They invent new ways of sinning and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand. They break their promises. They are heartless and have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die. Yet they do them anyway. And worse yet, they encourage others to do them also. Just read the Bible. And so when people abandon God, that's what we get. And if you abandon God, that's what you will get. And that's why God warned us in the beginning of the year. I said this divine increase thing. Do not in your prosperity, in your blessing, do not get comfortable, do not get complacent. Do not allow the enemy to start coming in to change your mindsets and start doing things that are not acceptable. Because if you compromise a little, it begins to grow in that direction. And before you know it, you're no longer in the blessing. Everything begins to fall apart in your life. Your marriage will fall apart. Your children will hate you and hate God. Everything begins to come unraveled. Your finances start disappearing. Your attitude changes. At work, it changes. You're no longer the star employee. No, you come in late. Have a bad attitude. You don't do your job and then want to leave early. Keep taking time off, putting time requests for everything. But you want to be paid. Say, not me, Jesus. That's not my crowd. That's not how I do. No, I'm going to be pure. I'm going to be holy. I'm going to be righteous. I'm going to do things with excellence. I'm going to be a light in darkness. I'm going to have a standard that I live by. I'm not going to be judgmental, but I'm not compromising. I'm going to be minding my own business. I'm going to walk in the truth. Look at someone and say, mind your business. Listen, ladies, the enemy wants to bait you and pull you into stuff that you have no business being involved in. It's nunya. Go to Galatians chapter 5. I'm almost, I'm almost landing the plane, but I'm really laying this thing solid today. Can you see what's happening here? Is the Lord painting a picture in your brain? Are you seeing things clearly? Are you seeing how important your decisions and choices are? Who is responsible for guarding their hearts? Say, I am. I'm not responsible to guard your heart. You're responsible to guard your own heart. I don't see you that often anyway. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. Since when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Say, this is the fruits. This is what will happen. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasure, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, 
selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So you see what the devil wants to do? That spirit of the world wants to influence you with the customs and the patterns of the world, all the new ways that they're inventing of sinning, the new fads and the new crazes that the world is going through, and they want you to buy into that junk. And so when you buy into that, your thinking starts changing. You start, the spirit of your mind is influenced by the spirit of the world. And now, because you have that mindset as a stronghold, you begin to let your body be used for an instrument of sin that not only brings destruction to you, it brings destruction all around you. And we have to understand that when we operate in these things, we're letting the devil use our bodies to steal, kill, and destroy. And you have to make a decision that this temple is a temple of the living God, and it's used for the glory of God, and that you will in no way allow your hands, your feet, your mouth, or any member of your body to be used for evil and for destruction. And you have to make a decision that you are going to consecrate your body to God. This is the temple of the living God. I'm going to give it to God for His purposes and use, and I'm going to guard my soul because my soul is what determines what my body does. Can you see the processing here, people? 1 John 3, 8. He who sins is of the devil. I don't know how much clearer that can get. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. So everything that I just read, that's sin. That is from the devil. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Look at somebody and say, it doesn't matter where you've been, what you've been through, how you've abused your body, the shame, the guilt, all of that. Jesus is my redeemer. He is my savior. He is my deliverer. He is my restorer. And he has the power to destroy the works of the devil, so that my body will not be used as an instrument of sin, but it can be used for the glory of God. I feel people are going to break out. 1 Corinthians 2.12 says, Now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. And so there's coming a change in our mindsets today. In uh, the book of Ephesians, Ephesians says 4, 22 through 23, that we are to put off the former way of life, your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Can I get an amen? You opened up my eyes to so much more. I saw the scene shattered. The moment you came down and